and welcome back rugby fans to another great episode here on the rugby rant podcast show where we put ourselves and our guests to the test in this rugby debate format where we will crown a winner at the end of this episode whoever it may be and who are our players once again the familiar face of rob the hammer hammerschmidt scott ferrara the big guy himself and joining us from the utah warriors you know his voice now you know his face that is jerome jordan <laughs> jerome up, guys? welcome to the show man <laughs> great to be back and uh when we last chatted i think uh you know we're in the middle of the pandemic and we don't know what's going to happen with the season and blah, blah. here we are going into week 18 playoffs coming up next week this is a very exciting time what a season it's been it has been, and especially from Utah. We were talking about it. They created a very exciting finish. It's just like the finishes, right? Um, and we're going to dive into a little bit more of that in a moment, but I want all of the fans at home to understand how this episode will work. So once again, it's important to be able to recognize how this episode will work and what we're going to be debating here today in the Rugby Rant. Now, it's important as we get closer, as you pointed out, Jerome, towards the end of the season, it is hotting up. We've got some interesting prospects. We're going to dive in to figure out what are the variations, what are the scenarios that could play out with that top four making their way into the semis and potentially who might be the final two and who might take that championship on August 1st. Of course, the championship final for the MLR season four. Who would have thought we would have been here, right? <laughs> it was a, a pretty tough uh, start to, the, to, to, uh, uh, to come out of COVID. But at the beginning of the season, we had George uh, Killebrew on the show, whose measurement of success was just to be able to complete the season. I think right. we've done a lot more than that. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, you know, last time we had Jerome on, we were, we were thinking, are we going to get a season? And, and here we are. We've not only got a season, but we didn't have a single match canceled. I think we only had one, the first one kind of postponed a day. Um, and it's been a tremendous season. I don't think MLR can, fans could have asked for a better season than what they got here. I 100% believe that. And you know what they wanted to do at the same time was create, uh, make sure that they had fans. We've we've got a sold out audience for Utah's game against LA uh, for, for this coming weekend. So, you know, certainly a lot of measurements of success that surpassed even their own expectations, I believe. And uh, we're going to talk about more of the on-field expectations in just a moment and what some of those scenarios will be. So again, a reminder to all of those that are listening and watching here on the Rugby rant we're going to give each of these gentlemen an opportunity to rant so that means that they get two minutes to be able to put forth their points of view what the scenarios will be how it may very well play in the coming weeks and at the end of this episode we will crown a winner who has made the most sense and who i think has uh, agreed with me most um <laughs> because that defines the winner right and of course if you to go over your two minutes, you receive that yellow as a warning. You continue to infringe and you are promoted to the red and you may miss out on the next rant opportunity. With that in mind, we wanted to be able to also, before we dive into it, remind our viewers that what we do here in part is with the help of our sponsors at therugbyshop.com who have helped provide this gear through shopmlr.com and, of course, help you as the clubs out there get all the gear you need. And, of course, you can find them online under therugbyshop.com, whether it be for custom designs, your merch choices for the MLR, and all the apparel that you may need. Look at the Utah Warriors, LA gear. 
there and everything in between. So make sure you go and check them out at therugbyshop.com and, of course, at shopmlr.com. Now, I wanted to be able to uh, hand it over to our first ranter, as we often do. We hand it over to our guest. Did we not talk about something? What happens when you go over your two minutes? We did, we did that. We did talk about it. Thank you for joining us on the Rugby Rant, Scott Ferrara. <laughs> and Ty, if I'm not mistaken, that's a yellow card. He's not paying attention to the referee. Yeah. Uh, and and so he should be, so, he should so, be shown promptly the yellow card. You will card get a clock for time-wasting professional foul. If not a yellow card, Rob should get for going off the topic completely for no apparent reason. I mean, and just never gets – How never, many times are you going to go to this? Right, and so it begins, ladies depth. and gentlemen. I go like in depth. It's my way of digging in deep depth. into the topic, dude. There's a topic we talked last week. We were talking about specific matches, and you went like four weeks after that. So I don't know. You know, it's fine, Rob. I know. Old age. You forget the topic. It's cool. <laughs> Shots fired, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring it back. All right. So once again, we need to be able to hand it over to our guest, Jerome Jordan, for his opening thoughts. Your rant starts now. Okay. I can't wait for the finish of the season. Obviously, in the West, it's locked up. LA is the one, Utah's the two. This is going to be a meaningless game on Saturday. I expect both teams to rest a bunch of dudes. I don't expect, you know, the, the regular squads, maybe the bench players or some of the starters to get a little bit of fitness at the end and try and avoid injury. But the result does not matter. LA is the one, Utah's the two. They will replay again next week in the Coliseum. So that's when it's really on, right? And that'll be Utah's first game of the Coliseum. They played in SoFi Stadium in the first one. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. In the East, it's really interesting, too, because Rugby ATL's in. Rooney's probably in, barring something crazy against NOLA coming up on Saturday. But what has been Rugby ATL's bane of their existence this year? It's been Rooney! Two of the four losses to Rooney. So I'm really interested to see what happens in the East. I think any of the four teams could win it. I was convinced that, you know, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago, that ah, this was LA's to lose, right? And it probably still is. It probably still is. But guess what? Three Eastern teams have shown the way of how to beat LA. No Western team has had a shot. I am hoping my Utah Warriors pull off the upset, of course. Not this Saturday, because, again, who cares? Next Saturday, (laughs) on the road, where Utah has become a much better team, and if it takes the last second where Utah's done it all year, so be it, baby. The Australian B team could go down. We'll see. We'll see. I'm very excited for the finish. This has been an absolute smasher of a season. There was a six-horse race right right up until the last two weeks of the season. This could not have played out better. For the league and these teams, I really look forward to the finish and, of course, year five next year. And I, I'm wrapping this five seconds early because I don't want a yellow card. <laughs> I like it. A man who respects the referee. But first of all, uh, that energy and that delivery, uh, I mean, it's clear to see why you're on the mic, right? Uh, but let's let's dig into some of those important points. Yeah, I, I, I like that you said it. And it's it's open and it's honest. This game coming up between LA and, of course, Utah this weekend, July 17th, you know, maybe it's a warm-up. Maybe we consider it as such. Maybe you give those guys that haven't had enough game time that opportunity because in reality, no, it doesn't matter. Whoever wins that game is not going to change the placing in that conference, and I just wanted folks to recognize that's why we say it doesn't really hold much weight. But, of course, that does give them an opportunity 
to be able to try maybe leading into the next opportunity? Do you really want to? I mean, you don't want to show your hand a week before you actually need to play it, right? So it's going to be interesting to be able to see. I think it's still going to be a pretty great spectacle because that's what both those teams have offered all season long. So if you're a fan attending that 4,500-seater stadium, which is, by the way, sold out, you're probably going to get some good entertainment depending on uh, who's going to be out there. But I think both teams will continue to do what they've done, which is play great rugby with ball in hand. Um, your assessment on the uh, on the uh, Eastern side, I like that, by the way, pointing out that the only teams to be able to successfully compete and defeat LA have been from the East. So, uh, you know, maybe there's something, some merit there. But in order to find out what merit stands there, we need to turn to somebody who, of course, is a bit of a homer, and that will be for Rooney. Let's hand it over to Scott Ferrara. Let's get hot, baby. Before I talk about uh, the, the matchups this week and, and what they mean for the playoffs, I just want to shout out Toronto Arrows organization, Bill Webb. Uh, you know, as we know, they've struggled all season pretty much because of this COVID situation. They've got to complete all their games, you know, and, and I think it's it's a testament to the club owners coming together to help them in ATL. It's a testament to Bill Webb and, and pushing his guys to say we're still going to compete regardless of what's going on or where we're going to have to compete. So shout out to them. Um, I think Jerome's right. I think this is an opportunity for Utah and L.A. to both rest players, um, especially Utah getting their internationals back. I mean, um, Paul Mullen in particular didn't have the best uh, two matches. Um, so I would think an adjustment period for him to come back and maybe just get into some practice reps with Utah, get get his scrum set back together with the Utah guys before he moves on to play the Giltinis in round uh, in the Western Conference Finals the week a week later. Um, speaking about Rooney, um, you know it's it's winner go home for Rooney. Um, I'm not even going to talk about rugby ATL at this point. They've clinched a seed. Um, there is a possibility, I believe, Rooney can get the one seed, but a bunch of things have to happen. So let's just talk about Rooney clinching the second seed at this point. Um, if as long as Rooney gets a bonus point or wins the match, they're in. Uh, I think they would have to lose the match by 20 points uh, for a point differential bonus uh, for Nola to to then jump them. So in my head, why back into a playoff position? Because you're going to rest on your laurels of getting a bonus point because you've scored a lot this season. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, remember whatever week four, 51 28 loss. That was a 23-point differential. If that were to happen again, Nola jumps Rooney and gets that second place and, and goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so, I, 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 you know, it's it's to me, for Rooney, it's still win or go home regardless of whatever the situation with Nola is. And then move on to Rugby ATL and hope that they haven't figured out their stuff for them to beat you. So. Right. Uh, you know, bring up a couple of points there, uh, one of which is, you know, you've got internationals that are returning for Utah, uh, Teo, Cruze, uh, the list can go on, you know, a couple others in Milan. Uh, so it would be very unlikely to be able to see them take the field that same week, right? Yeah, so, right. yes, yeah. that's kind of coming, circling back around to an important point that Jerome made there and you echoed. So, you know, I wouldn't want anybody to have that expectation. But when it comes to Rooney, you know, you have to feel that they're in the pound position. If you're a betting man, you could bet that they are going to be that second seed. Now, when we're talking about the second seed, it's important to be able to realize for our viewers to understand that right now in the West at number one, if you don't already know, is the Giltinis at 61 points. In second is Utah with 52. So at nine points adrift, again, it reiterates the point that it doesn't really make a difference this next week's game. But of course, July 25th, when they meet again, it certainly will. And for Rooney, 
They are sitting in the East uh, behind Rugby ATL on 56 points and them on 51. So five points uh, could be an important factor with the bonus point. They do need to be able to win. Uh, You expect them to be able to bring a a good team out there and give it everything because that's the personality. That's the drive they've already had. And reiterating your points, just so everybody recognizes how important the scenario is for Rooney, Rooney to advance will have to be able to beat Nola in their next matchup. Uh, That will give them, whether it's four or five with a bonus point, will be enough for them to not make it. Well, if even if they lose to Nola, so it's like you said, you know, um, a bonus point. Even if they lose to Nola, but get a bonus point for for losing within seven or get a uh, for five, they still make it right. Um, One point. Yeah, one point. That's all they need. So you can be you can put a, a pretty safe bet on it, right? Uh, but if they lose, um, oh yeah. And the other part is, as you said, if they lose less by the twenty points because of the points differential. Uh, with that and in it's mind, twenty six. So they just have to lose by twenty five or less, right? And have and have no bonus points, and they'd still be fine on point differential. I I I, I see the dismay and despair coming across the face of Rob Hammerschmidt because Nola finds themselves in a pretty large hole that they. I can't help but think dug for themselves. Um, so let's hand it over to Rob to see what he has to be able to share. So since you led with uh, the East, um, contrary to what everybody else is doing, I'm going to go ahead and start in the East first. And uh, my dismay and despair happened on Sunday. Um, I think I chased my family away, including my dog, who loves me a lot and his name, Noah, uh, because I was so damn angry about um, how that ma- how they played that match. Uh, so I'm not very optimistic. Uh, Nolan needs to win. As you guys said, a pretty big margin. It's not impossible. They did it. And and I'm going to correct Scott. It wasn't week four. It was week two. So while I'm old, I, I know my facts and I, uh, I, I've done my research uh, contrary to, to the young bucks out there with uh, big hats and big heads. So um, at any rate, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> I'm not optimistic about, about Nola back in their way into the playoffs. Um you know, it could happen. Uh, they certainly, um, you know, 51-28 was a big margin uh, in week two, but it, it's not looking good for my guys down in NOLA, so in all the likelihood it's looking like ATL and Rooney. Um, in the West, uh, yeah, it's a meaningless game, uh, but what does have meaning in my mind is the rest, and I think for me the rest is more important, not for L.A. and some of their players coming on international duty like Mikey Teo and, and Mika Cruze, um, I think it's more of the rest for LA, right? Um, giving some of their guys that have been around. I mean, Angus Cottrell got rest during the during the NOLA game. Um, you know, he uh, I don't even know that he played um, any minutes this week. And then if they can give him a rest next week at 31 years old, um, I think that'll be helpful. So I think that the rest is key for LA more than it is for Utah. Um, and I really see an LA um, having the upper the upper hand here because they'll have Harrison Goddard, which I think is a linchpin for them. I mean, he scored a huge try this week, um, you know, just through offloads. So I'd like to see that. And let me just end by saying um, this could have been a final, great final week. Rooney, Nola, right there competing for that final spot. You know, Utah, L.A. um, competing there, right, number one and number two in that conference. The MLR scheduling gods were alight when they set up this scenario for the end of the season. So it was good for the league, and I think it'll be still enjoyable 
week of rugby to watch in spite of um in spite of in maybe spite some short maybe some, short some of the teams. Teams. <laughs> yeah yeah so in yeah. spite of a pretty good speech uh you're gonna be served the yellow i, I in my, my defense i don't think i saw the two minute uh signal so i'm just saying uh, did everybody else see it <laughs> yes i did all right it was there it was there i swear it was there um but you know, okay, let's rewind a little bit. So for Nola, when you're speaking about that game that kind of led them astray, we're talking about the Seattle matchup um, from the previous week. So the expectation was high. You you almost felt that they had this pathway, certainly on the back of beating LA. Uh, you know, you, you had this renewed energy about the team that has typically struggled in some key positions in that last 10 meters with discipline, um, holding the ball, handling errors, you know, and then, you know, you had this week of brilliance that unfortunately just fell short the week after. And uh, so they dug themselves a hole. But this hole can be climbed out of uh, in the event that Nola, for them to advance, they will beat Rooney by at least 20 points. Uh, they will then st- also have to stop Rooney from getting a bonus point uh, with a try. Um, sorry, with five, uh, sorry, four tries being uh, given to them. So what may sound like a tough ask could be possible still. And, and would I place my bet on that? Probably not, given uh, the, the scenarios. But if if MLR this season has proven anything, it's proven that it is quite unpredictable. <laughs> so there's merit in that. Um, so even though your head may be a little bit further down uh, as a NOLA fan, there's still the upside. And if NOLA fans have proven anything, is that they are passionate and they will support their yeah. team to the end. Absolutely. So let's just take a quick break and as we take an opportunity to be able to learn a little bit more from our sponsors who help us continue to be able to grow the game that we love one fan at a time. So stick around and you're going to hear a few more words from them. Speaking of passions, Rugby Coffee was born out of two passions, providing ethically sourced coffee and promoting the growth and development of rugby. By combining these two passions, the folks at Rugby Coffee see an opportunity to bring people together and together we can make a difference. Rugby Coffee invests 10% of their profits into giving kids opportunities to play rugby and projects that help uplift communities. These endeavors have been transformational in many kids' lives and uplifted and empowered these communities. The boys of Rugby Coffee have launched three distinct crews, which are now ready to ship. Jouet Jouet, Champions Cup, and crowd favorite, a mild North American blend. Each brew has its own unique style and flavor. Get your brew and sport youth rugby. A simple vision can be transformational. Rugby as a sport can inspire communities, bring hope, and provide opportunity. Rugby coffee, it's not just a game, it's a way of life. Welcome back, rugby fans. Again, my name's Ty Brogg, your host for today's activities. This rugby debate show is uh, going to be debating whether we, well, what we think the scenarios will be for the MLR playoffs, and then eventually leading up to that championship final. So it is only fitting that we give our ranters the opportunity to share their predictions. This is a tough one to be able to debate, but we're going to hand it over as we did before to start us off with Jerome. So, Jerome, I'm going to frame it in this manner. Who will it be in the West? Now, I know you're going to, you're going to have oh, – I mean, I'm pretty sure I know who the answer will be for you. Um, but you got to give us your prediction on the East. And then for that final, how do you think it's going to play out? So, it will be the same for each of you. But we start with Jerome. Tell us what you think. 
Okay, I think uh, Rugby ATL, which I saw in person, um, you know, Saturday night, really impressed. Obviously, four internationals were gone as well, but they're going to get Matt Heaton and, uh, you know, Ryan Reese and those guys back. So it's going to be good. Rugby ATL, really impressive. I think they come out of the East. I think they uh, avoid a third loss to Rooney. I think Rugby ATL is going to host Rooney. And being at home, that will be a difference, uh, even though Rooney won at Rugby ATL earlier in the season. As for the West, I got to go with my boys. I got to go with the people paying me as well. Utah Warriors are <laughs> going to be the, the paycheck, right? <laughs> Absolutely. The Utah. Listen, LA is tremendous. You're they a smart seemed, man, Jerome. They see. I hope so. They seemed unbeatable for a right. long time to start the season, and when LA fi- first lost, it was like, well, maybe that was just lucky. If you can slow them down at all and just muck it up a little bit, right? LA and, and obviously full strength LA is pretty good. They're going to be well-rested. I doubt we'll even see Adam Ashley Cooper um, and Matt Gateau this weekend. I think they'll be well-rested. That's a tough team to beat. But what has Utah proven? That when Mikey Teo and Mika Kruse and Calvin Whiting and Hagen Schulte's massive left boot and those big locks and that amazing front row and bench, the bench of Utah Warriors is the best in the league, in my opinion. They've come in and they've finished games against some of the best teams in the league. I really think Utah's got a shot. I really do. And if and, Hagen and Schulte a, is going and, and Mikey Teo is doing his thing, they're going to be right. tough to beat. And to your point, all the matchups where LA has come out on the losing end, I think have been separated by at least like two or three points, right? So it's always been close. And low so, scoring. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, you know, and it's breaking their rhythm. You know, we spoke about this many weeks ago, and we're kind of seeing it being repeated now by a couple of the teams that have used it to good effect. So whoever you have to imagine they're going to play, they've already got a blueprint of attack against them. So it's going to be interesting whether, you know, Rooney will get that third win against them or not, right? Um, but let's let, let's hear it. Let's imagine it is uh, Utah that goes through, and it's rugby ATL. Are you still? I mean, I got to ask you. I think I know the answer, but are you still so confident that Utah will take it all at the end if it does end up being that way? A full strength Utah is a different Utah. We didn't see. You know, Utah was missing six guys. You know, both right. scrum halves starting the third string string scrum half. Danny Christian did a tremendous job, but it was it was tough. When Michael Bask is in there and he looks around and he sees three other Eagles, right? right? And he looks ahead and he sees three or four former Eagles. That's a pretty good group right there. Not to mention the uh, tremendous South Africans. And yeah, it's, I think right. Utah's it's really a got a shot. cast of characters there. That's it, for sure. So you're saying that once everything's firing at full cylinders, it's definitely going to be a contender for sure. Let's hand it over in to my Scott completely Ferrara. biased opinion. Oh. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like anybody on screen here is just voting for their team, you know? <laughs> never happens on this show whatsoever. I mean, Scott never talks about Rooney, and Rob never talks about Nola. But on that point, prove me wrong. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. So, um, you know, we keep talking about how well-rested that the LA Giltinis are, and sometimes I feel like, you know, if, if Rob was right about Angus – Maybe he's too well rested. I mean, there is a there is a point where you lose synergy with your teammates, and that seems like something that, as the season has gone on, LA has had continuity problems at certain points in certain matches, and you see it, you know, in the squad that they had against Rooney and Rooney beat him. You saw the continuity errors that they had in LA, and then you saw it in Nola, you know, d- d- facing a depleted Nola team that came in there and just punched him in the mouth. So, you know, 
rest is a good thing, but does it tip that scale the other way? Um, that being said, I expect the second match to be a slugfest. Um, honestly, to me, it's six to five and pick them. I'd go LA minus three just because they're at home. That's how close I think that match is going to be. Um, you got to give the home team that those three points. Jerome knows he's a football announcer. A close match? Oh, Utah yeah. loves those. <laughs> yeah, but are they going to be able to pull it out? I mean, you want to go back to the Rooney match. You know, Rooney was down 14 men the last 10 minutes of the game, and, you know, Utah ended up pulling it out with three or four minutes left. But, you know, if it's 15 on 15, maybe Rooney holds on. We don't know. that. That's not what happened. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, honestly, I do think Rooney can beat ATL for a third time for whatever reason. Rooney's defense um, has held steady in the in uh, every time they've played rugby ATL since last year, um, so they know how they can beat rugby ATL. It's on them to produce because we've seen Rooney really come out and and have some stinkers. So that's another tight one. I would go Rooney minus one, um, uh, uh, assuming that they they beat eight, uh, Nola this week and they play ATL. Um, and then, you know, a, a Rooney and L.A. matchup championship, that's going to be a close one, too, because, you know, L.A. is going to want to punch in the mouth and be out for blood. Um, you know, it, let's see who gets there first before we make that announcement. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, let's hear from uh, from the other side with Nola having their uh, their long shot opportunity. But, you know, taking everything you've learned into consideration here, your thoughts, Rob Hammerschmidt. So I'm going to go with the easy one first. You've already got a matchup of LA versus Utah, and here's what I'm interested in watching. I'm wa- I'm interested in watching Basket versus Goddard. I think the scrum half matchup is going to be a really fun matchup for a fan to watch because they're very similar players. Right. They're not undersized. You know your typical scrum halves. Um, they're very they're very support oriented. You see both those guys score tries off the loose. Uh, they're both very fit. They both follow the forwards. They both run off shoulders, and they score tries that way. And I think that's what's going to make for an exciting brand of rugby in that semifinal. I'm still going to back L.A. I think they're going to get some needed rest for their for their guys. Uh, and quite frankly, I think, um, you know, think about all those guys who have played games under pressure. They know how to handle the pressure. They're going to be ready and prepared mentally to do so, and they're going to give uh, their coach, Darren Coleman, a send-off win in the semifinal. Uh, on the other side, um, you know, my heart wants to say that Nola's going to pull off that 20-point win, um, but it, it, it's a really tough ask for that team. And so ultimately, I, I, let me just say this. I, if, if, if I had to put my mortgage on it, I would, I would predict uh, ATL either way is going into the final against LA. Um, and, and quite frankly, um, I don't think you beat Scott Lawrence twice, uh, you know, uh, or sorry, three times. Um, you know, we've heard the story about him coming back from, um, from Georgia and thinking about uh, their performance of his boys and, and immediately on that plane, mapping out a game plan uh, for success. And they went ahead and followed that up a year later. Uh, and, and that's just the kind of guy he is. He's always prepared, always ready, and has his teams to do the same. Uh, and in a final, um, I, I, I'm going to, you know, again, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be an American through and through, and I'm going to pick uh, ATL um, American coach uh, uh, puts one, puts yet another one over on LA Giltini's and uh, brings one home for their owner um, in in what will be a very, very uh, uh, exciting final. 
Right. Do you, how do you think everybody down in uh, in Nola feels that uh, about that comment when you're like, hey, Nola's not going to be there now. I'm supporting ATL. <laughs> I didn't say I was supporting him. No, I, I'm I saying if I had to bet my if I had to bet my mortgage on it. I mean, there, that's there's uh, those are two propositions. I'm backing right. my okay. guys. You know, I want to see them win this weekend by 20 and get in. It, it just you know uh, they didn't they didn't play well enough last week to put themselves in the driver's seat. Right. And, and that's fair. You can be critical of a team that you enjoy because, well, the evidence is there, right? But it's going to be interesting. I mean, I still think that there's some surprises along the way. I hope so, because it makes for exciting rugby. And that's exactly what the MLR has provided so far with all of these teams who have deserved their opportunity to be there. Uh, a couple of variables left, but, um, you know, we know where your bets lie now. Sorry, you want to be able to add? Yeah, and can I just yeah. can I just say if I pick against them, then I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised when it doesn't happen, right? So right. either You're way, happy to be either wrong. way, either I make my prediction, my prediction becomes true, or my prediction was wrong. But damn it, my boys won, and I'm excited. Either way, you're a winner in that regard. I get that. I think one thing we missed about Rooney is Rooney's getting four of their internationals back. You know, right. Quinn Nawaki, Nate Brakely, Nick Savetta, and Hanko Hermesize. Wilton Robolo will not be back uh, the rest of this season uh, as uh, Brazil plays Par- Uruguay. Excuse me, Uruguay. In their qualifiers, uh, right? In their qualifiers, and, and they have to win by a, a, a large amount. Um, but due to COVID rules, he wouldn't be able to come back to the team. So, I mean, I think you know Rooney having a full uh, roster versus an ATL team that has a full roster, I mean – it's, you know, I don't think it's going to be a runaway for that semifinal either. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, where it stands now, again, I, I circle back around to it. We, you know, there were expectations that we might not even be here. So to be where it is and to have this mix is very, very interesting. You know, this coming weekend is not going to, you know, be that important except for one team, which is NOLA. Um, you know, it's it's a do or die scenario there for them. So I do hope in a way that they pull off that that upset just to make things interesting. And because it will probably hurt uh, Scott quite well and it, it'll make an interesting banter the next week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so overall, you know, you guys have now put in your predictions. We've spoken about the different scenarios. Um, I do hope that all fans tune in to be able to pay attention to what will happen this weekend. Uh, but it's really heating up now. We've got only a short time to go until that championship final there. That'll put us at the end of season four. Uh, so I do hope everybody tunes in, supports their team, even whether your team is in it or not, still tune in to be able to watch and see how it plays out. Uh, once again, rugby fans, what we do is done with the help of our sponsors. And we will, of course, need to be able to remind you who they are because they make it all possible. And to help us through that, I'm going to hand it over to Rob Hattershwood, who's going to give you a little bit of insight from Tight Head Brewing. Once again, rugby fans, what we do is done with the help of our sponsors, and we have to be able to give them a mention to be able to run you through it. I'm going to hand you over to my colleagues. First up, Rob, tell us a little bit more. Thank you, Ty. We'd like to thank our sponsor and partner, Tighthead Brewing Company. It is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify the 2021 season. 
had a tight head on Saturday, July 17th at 7 p.m. to see the LADTVs play Jerome's Utah Warriors. The watch parties will happen every week through the season up to the Major League Rugby final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tight Ed Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tight Ed, it's worth more than a try. Excellent. Make sure you go and check them out. Grab a beer. Um, great place to be able to watch rugby, right? And obviously goes hand in hand with the beer. This is kind of a, a great partner there. Um, but we also wanted to be able to address uh, or give the spotlight to one of our newest sponsors to join us here on the Rugby Rant. That is, of course, Canny Brands. And to learn more about that, I'm going to hand you over to Scott Ferraro. Yeah, so Canny Brands is all-natural CBD oil with plant-based ingredients, uh, no THC in any of their products. And they actually have a, a, a line of products. The four products are Canny Boost, Canny Mend, Canny Fresh, and Canny Sleep. And let's be honest, the big guy has been using their products for a little while now, even before they became a sponsor. And this week in particular, for those that don't know, the big guy did suffer a high ankle sprain at the Rooney-Houston match. <laughs> and the first thing he did was take his canny men bomb and 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 rub his ankle to try and get ready to run that 40-yard dash at the rugby showcase that everybody's talking about uh, August 7th. Um, the other the other uh, product that I like from Canny Brands is actually the Canny Fresh. You know, I work hard. I work about 10, 12 hours a day at my job. For those of you that don't know, I'm an accountant. Um, you know, I work really hard. I come here. I do two shows a week with these guys, editing, meetings, this that the other thing sometimes i want to come home and just take a break and that's where canny fresh comes in uh you know a couple squirts from our canny fresh uh uh canister and the cbd has me mellow it has me relaxed it gets me where i need to be um to enjoy my night when i don't actually have to work or record rugby rants and you can get 25 percent off your entire purchase at cannybrands.com with the code rant 25 again you get 25 percent off your entire purchase not just one item your entire purchase using the code rant 25 at checkout at cannybrands.com again this is great products. I've been using CBD for the past couple of years, and it's, it has really helped me get right and get healthy. Uh, with that in mind, I now need to be able to declare a winner for this round. And I think, uh, I think I'm going to – well, a lot of points that I wrote down were brought up by this person. Uh, so the win will go to Jerome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to thank the committee. I'd like to thank uh, Mikey Tao. I'd like to thank Paul Mullen. I'm surprised you can find that hat in order to tip it because, you know, it's it's, it's really hard to see. Really hard to see. <laughs> yeah. I need a lower chair. Is already in. Like, they're, they're playing a game, a meaningless game right now because they're already in the next week. Right. Yeah, it, it was really weird during the game too Saturday because as soon as Utah scored a bonus point after Austin didn't get any bonus points, I, I'm calling the game and I'm going, oh, Utah just got in. Oh, it's over. Oh, nice. And after the game, I was informing some of the players like, hey, I know you lost, but you got in. They're like, we did? It's like, yeah, you're good. They're like, oh, okay, good. So it, it was, some of them knew, some didn't. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward. Like, if Nola gets into the playoffs, okay, you guys have been saying 20. I'm seeing a 26-point differential. So they need to win uh, by 27, right? No, no, no. 32 no, no. and minus 6? Well, yeah, it's 32 and minus 6, so it's 38. So 19 would be half because every time uh, NOLA scores, it's actually a two-point switch differential. So 19 would be the breaking point, so it would have to be 20 points. NOLA would have to win by 20 points, and Rooney not score a bonus point 
and then Nola would get in. Mm. Okay, I, I okay. feel differently, but okay. So Scott's going to so, draw a diagram point is, after this yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> with a flowchart. But, like, Nola could win by 20 or whatever, and if yeah. Rooney scores four tries, it's over. So yes, Nola's got to play one point great defense. Yes. So a lot of drama there, right? Um, and New England was, like, hoping they had a shot last week. Nope, Rooney beat, blew out Houston, right? So, yeah, it, this has been a spectacular season. It's going to be a great finish. It's been so fun. Like, I can't believe how well this went, like we were talking about. And, Scott, like you mentioned, shout out to Toronto. If Toronto doesn't play, it really blows things up because Dallas pulls out at the last second. They have to redo the schedule. That was crazy. We don't miss a single game. We don't have a ton of dudes miss games, per se. And here's something to consider as well. It was awesome. Toronto fans are among the hardest fans possible, right? Because they've been supporting their team through thick and thin. And this is two seasons now that they have not had a home game because of the truncated season of 2020. And they were on the road when it was all shut down. So, you know, kudos to them. Kudos to, of course, uh, Rugby ATL for also providing a home to them. Uh, and those partnerships are important as rugby is to grow where we want it to grow. Uh, everybody has to be a player, a positive player. And, you know, our neighbors to the north, the only representation from Canada has done their part and everybody in between, including, uh, you know, everybody on screen here just tries to be able to share the game that we love, right? And and you as a fan at home can continue to do the same, whether it be just tuning in or bringing a friend to a game, whatever it is, buy a shirt from Shop MLR, support the team that you enjoy, get one for the kids, make sure that you attend a game, buy a beer from a vendor. All of these things are important because they continue to be able to feed rugby and positively help make a uh, an influence across the sport, across both nations in Canada and the U.S. And you can continue to be able to help us grow by following us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where you can find us online through all of our social media accounts, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and of course, any other place that you may find us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where you can see this episode and more every week on the Rugby Network. Once again, this has been an opportunity to be able to have Rob Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, Jerome Jordan, and myself, Ty Braga, here on the Rugby Rant for another debate. And we will see you at the next. Fans, it's become a familiar part of the Rugby Rant is to be able to dissect our game of the week for MLR. And this week we chose, well, you could call it another version of the Guild Cup, right? This was Austin versus LA. And it promised to be an interesting battle uh, between these two, one being traditionally known for its offense and the other being traditionally known for its defense. But we're going to take time to be able to hand it over to Rob and Scott to find out what they think. And let's open it up with Scott. Well, I think it, this was a classic game of a tale, a tale of two halves for the AGs. Um, you know, AGs came out firing on all cylinders, uh, it, it, and it looked like, to be honest, that they were going to be headed for for a win. And you know, at halftime, it just it, they just couldn't seem to get it going. They had they had one real shot. I want to say around minute fifty four, um, Nick Johnson going down the sideline and DTH like a frigging gazelle flying over there to make a try-saving tackle. Not only that, getting Johnson to go out into touch. So Guiltini's right. ball back. And that seemed to me to be the only offensive thrust Austin had uh, at, at the second half. And, you know, you had guys like uh, Adam Ash leaving the field. I think 
minute like uh, 52. Uh, he didn't even make two minutes into the second half, I believe. So it was interesting to see some of these these subs come on early for L.A. and AGs not be able to continue what they had going for them in the first half and then kind of bust through it and, and score. And, you know, at this point in the season, the AGs had been scoring, you know, early on the season. And, and actually, if you go back to the original match uh, that happened at Coda, I want to say, you know, AGs were in it up until like minute 60. Um, and then right. L.A. put on two or three tries in that first match. And same thing here. It's like they got to a certain point and they just hit that imaginary brick wall that was in front of them. So do you think it's just they didn't have the legs? Was it fatigue? Was it strategy? What do you think it was? I mean, this point in the season, it could just be guys are tired and guys need a break and you can't give it right. to them because nationals and all that i mean that's part you know that's that's how it goes you know rugby is a game of attrition i mean you have people you know leaving the field left and right now with injuries things like you know uh pulling a hamstring connor wallace sims got his first match with rooney this week and and pulled a hamstring like 20 minutes into his shift you know and that's just because that's that's how it is i mean as a matter of fact one of the weirdest injuries i've ever seen happened at um the uh the current razor for rooney um a a uh, roots rugby player both of his calves seized up and he kind of it looked like he got shot by a sniper when he went down and we all <laughs> thought yeah it was in the middle of a head injury and because he wasn't moving and he was just in severe pain because both of his calves locked up and th- those are the types of injuries you're going to get so i think yeah it's yeah. Just a combination of everything you know and and it just didn't work out for austin yeah, coming back to one of your earlier points is that, you know, the tale of two halves scenario, and it's so fitting in this case, because at 20 minutes, uh, I noted that the scoreline was 7-7, so obviously very competitive from both sides, a stalemate at that point, it obviously opened up beyond that, but it was actually in the favor of Olsen, who finished the half up 17-12. So, Rob, give us a further insight as to what changed. Well, I, I think for, for me, it was a slow momentum change. Even though Austin won the first half, I think that some, some things hurt Austin. Um, and and one of those things was the fact that the, some breaks didn't go their way, even starting in the first half. So um, and I think that led to that brick wall going up that Scott mentioned. And so, for example, um, in Meek's try uh, at 27-46 – uh, I think, or maybe it was 24, uh, 46. Yeah, this was a try that put LA up, okay, at least um, prior to the first half. It was a great series of play, some offloads. I think there was a chip and chase by Meeks, picked up by Goddard. Goddard was actually offsides, right? And the ARs missed it, Doyle so- missed it. I don't know. I don't know about this. I'll interrupt the point because in the rewind, in the replay, it it was marginal. It was close. It was a tough call. So, I mean, I even may have noted, I mean, even in addition to that, I felt like there was a forward pass uh, possibly um, on, on the outside. But yeah, I mean that's a point that will be debated, and again, why another reason why we need TMO to a certain degree, right? Um, but the the point stand, it was still magnificent play. But I do agree that it was very close. If it was not, it was you know millimeters Meeks, difference. Meeks' yeah. last foot, his last foot at one point when he, you know when he chipped that right was actually behind Goddard's last foot. And and I think it, with a TMO, they would have called it back. Don't forget mm-hmm. about DeWall's yellow card, right? Now, it was right. deserved. He had the leg of another player. It was deserved. But, you know, again, just unlucky. A lot of times 
officials don't see that stuff and, see and that it's stuff. missed, and, and but it's they're missed. playing a man down they're at that point, which is unfortunate for them. So, unfortunate for them. so uh, I think uh, difference maker Goddard, obviously his quick ball, his support. We know that on the Meeks try. Um, I think LA had an just had a really nice offensive shape. They had those forwards in a one line, the backs in a second line, and they really were able to feed those two lines very effectively. Uh, Austin defended quite well for the probably 25 minutes, but then just struggled um, continuously after that as a slow buildup in the second half. Um, Austin was not really in the second half able to generate that same offensive shape. And and actually it started again. I think it started in the first half at 31 minutes. Um, they had a double line going just like what a lot of teams are doing set for, you know, to create those mismatches at the midfield point. And what I thought was interesting is Kali actually opts to box kick and as he starts to set that up, you see DTH, kind of drop back and they actually drop five guys in the back to prepare to, to, to defend against that box kick and then set up and a counter attack. Right. It's, it's kind of um, maybe those game management things that I think slowly kind of turned to tide and LA took advantage of those in the second half. And there, you know, Dom Aquina's uh, try that got called back. So if Nick Johnson scores and he's not tackled by DTH, Dom Aquina scores. Now you're talking at least a bonus point try getting a little closer. Maybe, you know, let's say they get two bonus points and now Utah versus LA this week would have had to mean something if Austin, uh, you know, had to win, you know, so it would have, I think those things would have pushed them. Yeah. Um, the other, the yeah. other thing I was thinking about, um, gosh, uh, um, John Ryberg uh, scored multiple tries in both games, I believe, against the AGs. I mean, he just seems to be the AG killer in the second half of, of both of these matches that they had against LA. It's kind yeah. of funny you mentioned two guys there, Ryberg and DTH. I think DTH was a huge difference maker between the previous match against Nola where he did not play, and this week he was tremendous on defense, a, an absolute dynamo on offense. And then, of course, DTH – or sorry, uh, Ryberg can not only score with a pick and go, but also can score, you know, in a typical back-like fashion and, and making a break and finding the gaps. So I was just trying to find to be able to find some of the stats over there. And the MLF says, check back when the season starts. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you bring up some interesting points and it's a wonderful battle. And for those of you who aren't aware, the LA uh, Austin Gilgronis matchup has always been interesting for a couple of different reasons, even outside of the MLR atmosphere, um, which is um, the fact that they have the similar have ownership. This- they, but yet have very different, have very different styles, styles but also but find also their find players their from play. the same player pool being in Australia, many of their key players. Oh. And it's, it's, it's experience that you have on one side um, and, and attack and defense. So it was always going to be an interesting matchup. But unfortunately, Olsen has come out on the losing end from both of those opportunities that they have. So we've already discussed at length in different versions the season to date for L.A., I want to be able to get your final thoughts on the season to date for Austin, who have had some troublesome uh, history and past. Um, you know, are they starting to be able to distance themselves from that historical, uh, um, you know, influences on their program? You know, the change from the herd to elite and then so on. What are your thoughts, Scott? 
I do think they're distancing distancing themselves from their past, and I think I think we've seen this in a, in a couple of MLR franchises when the top is kind of murky. You know, it's dripping down to the field level, and you could see a direct correlation between what's going on at the top of an organization to what's being put out on the field. And that's not to say the the players are wrong or the players are bad or anything like that. But you know, just like any organization, if the leadership isn't there, if the leadership is wonky or whatever it is, you know, what's the motivation for players to play? you know, their best and, and, you know, is it organized and, and this, that, and the other thing, are they having locker room problems because of everything else that's happening above them? And I think Austin has shown this season that they've righted the ship. Um, yeah. Did they had, did they not make the playoffs? Yeah. But listen, they were, they were in the, they were in the hunt up until the set, the second to last week of the season. And I think yep. right now, yep. you know, six teams in each conference, that's all you can really ask for considering we have, a shortened playoff season. If we started in February, like we were supposed to guess what Austin's in Austin's going to play. Austin's going to play Utah two versus three to see who plays the guilty in the Western conference. So honestly, I think this is a win for AGs. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I have to be able to echo the very same thoughts because here you see them standing at fifth with 46 points overall. I mean, really it could have just been one game difference that might've put them in that fourth spot. Um, So certainly they've been, from where they were, I mean, previous first two seasons, they didn't win a single game, right? Uh, And their only game to win last season was the Texas Cup, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, amazing to be able to see the transformation. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I agree 100% with what Scott said. You know, I I hate to overuse the word culture, but it it does drip down. You know, when the players know that they're being backed and supported, uh, when they know that there's an ownership and a management that is really fighting to get their game out there, I think it trickles down. We've certainly seen that in the advertisements that are coming out. I mean, Austin's had some of the best advertisements uh, at halftime, you know, with Carbach Brewing and and some of their other some of their other uh, local um, sponsorships, and you know, really getting the word out about Austin Rugby. And look at the difference, you know. I, I, Preston went down there with the LU team in 2019 to go watch the Austin Elite, and there were like 200 people in the stands. The vibe mm-hmm. is entirely different now, and I think even though we're not. 60,000 seat stadiums filled in the MLR, even though we're seeing, you know, Utah with 4,500 last week. And and even in NOLA's, um, when when they have a 3,000, 3,500, the players feed off of that. You know, oh, for they sure. Know they're being backed by the management. They know they're being backed by ownership. And now they know that they're being backed by fans. And I, frankly, I'm ecstatic for Austin because um, they it, it's good to see them come a long way in two seasons well i i will add to that and you know previously we knew austin as a troublesome franchise with its multiple different identities that it's had over its its short history uh, in professional rugby but it's nice that this season that identity is different they had a new home you know much uh, higher standard of professional uh, uh, organization on and off the field but more importantly they now have a positive identity for being known as being one of the great defensive teams in a league that is actually criticized for its lack of emphasis on defense right so their identity is changing personality and the energy around them has certainly changed which is why it's a credit to them that they find themselves in fifth and you know even though they just miss out on that playoff spot, it's a win, right? And I have I have one complaint, Ty. One complaint, and this I think specifically 
Berkeley goes to Austin. It even more specifically speaks to this last weekend of Austin versus LA. Right. But I think it trickles out to the league. I, I, I would love to touch upon this. Uh, we have George Killebrew coming on later on, um, you know, in the next couple episodes. But I would like to address this question. Does the league need to mandate some color schemes for numbers? I know you're sensitive uh-huh. to this. Yeah. But the white on white this weekend and the pink on pink may look absolutely electric when you're up close. It's really hard for a fan on TV, and it's got to be hard for a commentator. And I got to think they got to do something to fix this league-wide so it's easier to spot players' numbers and see the game action going on. Well, here's, I couldn't I, agree more. <laughs> I want to say, so when, when Rooney played Houston, uh, Rooney was in the pinks. Houston was in the black and pinks. The officials only had pink and black. So they ended up wearing uh, sweaty academy team jerseys that Rooney players had played in just to give them the, a differential. But again, I think it, when you have special weeks like this, it's you don't see the forest through the, the tree sometimes because you're trying to do something for charity. What I do want right. to say is I think Austin, arguably Austin has become the number one destination for visiting fans to want to go see a match at. So with their yeah. atmosphere that they're building and the party atmosphere that you see going on, you see it through their their um, television production and you hear it, you know, they're doing stuff. You, you hear the crowd going and all that. You know, a lot of Rooney fans are going, you know, I hope we get Austin at an away match next season because that's where I want to go. I want to be in that type of atmosphere. And I think that's a definite win. Uh, well, this kind of ties into some conversations I know we three have been a part of in the MLR fan zone where people talk about the growing rugby culture. And I've always been an advocate for letting it evolve naturally instead of trying to transplant traditions from overseas, wherever it may be, right? I'm not trying to pick at any particular uh, uh, you know, way that people enjoy rugby. But my my opinion has always been what do I care as long as Americans and Canadians are choosing to enjoy rugby? Who am I to tell them how to enjoy it now? Um, So if what works for Austin doesn't work for Seattle, fine. That's, you know, it's their home. It's the way their fans want to enjoy it and experience it. At the end of the day, if it's got bums in seats and tickets are selling and the beer is flowing and everybody's having a good time, that's a win, right? (laughs) So gentlemen, talking about that, uh, this final matchup, again, just to be able to summarize this game of the week between LA and the AGs was a win in favor of LA 31-17. to 17. And it does make it the second time this season. We do hope to be able to see that matchup continue to grow and evolve into one of those great rivalries in the years to come. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Not for me. Very seldom, <laughs> but Rob, I guess I got to turn on my mic. Um, no, I just <laughs> exciting to see uh, a great rivalry emerge and, and, right. you know, it's too bad that there weren't a little bigger stakes on the line this week. Right. And the first time around was, uh, what is the title they gave it? The champagne cup, was it? Um, no, the, 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 the cup, I thought the, the yeah. cocktail cup, was it? <laughs> Whichever it was. 
the silverware goes to LA and uh, you know we hope to be able to see that rivalry grow as Rob echoed there but in the meantime once again I thank you all for tuning in to be able to learn more about this matchup and you can continue to be able to get the game of the week with us as we lead into the playoffs and eventually that championship matchup here on the rugby rant we'll continue to be able to share our thoughts in that regard each and every week through another debate episode on TRN or you can find us online under the handle at rugby rant pod on all of our social media accounts each and every week for a new rugby debate where we put the guests against each other to find out who is the winner of each round on this occasion was jerome jordan who joined us from the utah warriors and his prediction of course would be them to take it all but we digress and once again i thank you very much for tuning into this episode here on the rugby rant and we will see you at the next This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.